Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. Greetings to uh, anyone out there in uh, live stream and podcast land. Wish you were here in the house with us. Come join us as soon as you can. Uh, I want to give an extra special shout out. Uh, I've got some special people in the house today. Uh, my family, my parents, my sister Whitney and her family. We've been celebrating my sister's uh, um, 21st birthday. <laughs> oh, my sister's tried to catch up with me. Whitney turned the big 4-0 and we've been celebrating with her this weekend. And so I'm extra excited to have my family here today. It's my privilege to share God's word uh, with you again, and as usual, you can follow along uh, with the outline of the message through your Bible app, or if you prefer a printed outline, you can grab one there in the back. Transitions. That's right. Transitions are important, right? Transitions are important. We started uh, talking a little bit about that Last week, you know, how the way we exit one season greatly influences how we enter the next one, right? And I was thinking more about transitions this week, especially the changes of seasons. You know, we have four seasons in Georgia, North Georgia anyway. We, uh, we, we actually have all four seasons, and there's a transition period between each season, right? And, you know, the changes of season for a lot of people is exciting. For me, it's exciting. I don't know about you, but come September when those first cool mornings start happening, you wake up, it's, you know, like 60 instead or, or in the 50s instead of like blazing hot, right? It's like, whoo, get a little bit excited, like fall is coming. Also, I, I really get excited when I first see the very first leaves start to turn a little bit orange, right? When it's like, ooh, it's about to be fall, right? I love that. I love, you know, when we get towards the end of February, beginning of March, and there's daffodils everywhere. That's the first sign that spring is coming, right? And the change of seasons is, is exciting, but um, it can also be pretty challenging, right? I know that whenever I see the leaves start to turn I also know that I'm going to need to change my wardrobe, right? It's time to put up the summer clothes and get out the, the cooler clothes. And, you know, one of the most exciting yet challenging times of the year is that transition from winter to spring here in Georgia, right? Y'all know that come springtime when it's not quite fully spring, but it's trying to be spring and winter's still trying to hold on, but spring is trying to come, our air, uh, well, our our landscape fills with flowers and our air fills with pollen, right? Everything turns yellow. Not only that, there's a lot of bad weather, there's a lot of storms. So the change of seasons can be something very exciting, but also uh, something that uh, can feel unstable, right? It brings challenges. Has anyone been experiencing any sort of transition uh, in your life like this lately? That was a lot of yeses. All right, well... How many of us would agree that it's pretty important to pray during transitions? Not just during, but to pray through transitions. And that is really the reason why we chose 
to take the end of 2022 and coming into the beginning of 2023 to transition with a big focus on prayer. You know, we don't ever transition out of prayer, right? But starting back in November and then bringing us all the way until today, we've been learning seven ways to pray, right? That's been our focus. And, um, you know, more on that in just a minute. But I just want to remind everybody to invite you every single year here at Encounter Church, we read through the Bible. Past couple of years, we've been doing it together. And if you would like to read through the Bible with us together, we're reading the Life Journal Bible Reading Plan. It's still just the middle of January. So if you didn't get started on time, go ahead and jump in with us as we read through the Bible. And you've been seeing for the past month that we're coming into 2023. Our new theme is going to be, does anybody remember you just saw a sweatshirt, right? Christology, 2023 uh, 2023 theme, Christology, and I want to tell you that next Sunday we're going to officially transition and jump into Christology, but you know what? We've got to finish up our seven ways to pray, right? And we timed it like this on purpose because starting today, some of you are already fasting, right? Anybody fasting already? Some of you have already started, uh, started your fasting today, today through Saturday, seven days of fasting, and every evening at 7 p.m., prayer and today I want to teach you the seventh way to pray are we ready we've been going back through the Bible right and we first started back in the beginning of, of November we learned about tabernacle prayer then we learned about praying the names of God then we learned the prayer of Jabez then we learned Jesus prayer model then we learned Gethsemane prayer last Sunday we learned about Trinity prayer and today we're going to learn number seven of seven ways to pray, praying God's attributes. I want you to turn to somebody and tell them there are some things that only God is. Today we're going to look at this way of praying, this prayer track or prayer model, if you will, of using the attributes of God in prayer, okay? And we're going to look at seven characteristics of God that only God, come on, say only God. Only God God is and no one else. In fact, um, that is where the word holy kind of gets its meaning. Come on, say holy. Now, holy is a big, loaded word, but in its essence, the word holy, which we say of God, God is holy, right? Literally means that only he is that, right? God is holy because only he is these things we're about to learn, okay? Holy means completely unique or other, okay? And how many of us know that God is other? He's different than everybody and everything. And there were certain things about him that are only him. That's why we call him holy, right? Very good. So today, this prayer track is going to be a little bit different. In fact, let's look at Jeremiah 10, 6. It says, Lord, there is, come on somebody, no one like you, for you are great and your name is full of power. There's no one like him. He is holy. And As we look at this prayer track, it'll be slightly different from the others because this prayer track is more about praise and worship than it is about asking. But I don't know if you've learned this, but by now I've learned that if I praise him and I worship him right, I'll know how to ask him right. Right? 
if we learn to praise and worship him correctly, we'll learn to ask him correctly. So today, praying God's attributes, we're going to kind of see it, uh, two things about it. First, we're going to declare his holiness, and then we're going to ask according to his greatness, right? Come on, tell somebody, declare his holiness, ask according to his greatness. Come on, what are we going to do? We're going to declare his holiness, and we're going to ask according to his greatness, because only he is holy, and only he is truly great. So, praying through God's attributes, ready. Number one, God, and only God, is omnipotent. Come on, say, omnipotent. Omnipotente. And to better understand it, let's just say it like this. Omnipotent. Okay? What does potent mean? Powerful. Pot means power or ability, right? Omnipotent. Only God is omnipotent. It means he is infinitely, omni, okay? Infinitely able and infinitely powerful. In other words, God can do everything. If there was a phrase for omnipotent, it would be God can. Come on, say can. God can do everything. He is infinitely able and powerful. It's where we get the word almighty. He's not just mostly mighty, right? He's not just almost completely. No, he's almighty. He is absolutely, completely, infinitely, indescribably able to do whatever and everything. Job said it like this. Then Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do anything and no one can stop you. And through history, there have been people and things that have tried to stop him, right? But he can. Come on, just say that. God can. God can. Omnipotent. He is absolutely able. There's nothing he can't do. Not only that, God is, number two, omniscient. Come on, say, omniscient, omnisciente, omniscient. <laughs> no, come on, say, omni-scient. Does that remind you of anything? Scient? Uh-huh. So, you know, science is the knowledge of how things work in the natural world, Right? So omniscient or omniscient means that God is infinitely knowing. Infinitely, I love this part about what this means. It means he's infinitely and completely aware of everything all the time. If there were a phrase for omniscient, it would be God knows everything. Omnipotent God can do Everything. 
omniscient God knows everything. He's infinitely knowing, wise, and aware. There's nothing he doesn't know. Hebrews 4.13, this is amazing. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Not even that thing you think you can hide from him. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes, and he is the one to whom we are accountable. Did you know that God knows what we're going to think even before we think it? He knows what we're going to say even before we say it. God doesn't, listen, this, is, this, just, this just blows my mind. God doesn't just know all that is. He knows all that could be. He, know, he, he knows all of the infinite possibilities of everything, right? I know that now superhero movies try to call it the multiverse, right? But in reality, there are so many dimensions and so many things out there that we don't yet understand, but God knows everything. And not only does he know everything, he knows everything that might be, could be, won't be, might not be, might someday be. If this happens, this would be. If that happens that way, that would be. He knows all of it, right? He's infinitely not only knowing, but he is infinitely aware. That, to me, you know, maybe that makes you uncomfortable. <laughs> but that comforts me. To know, because I know he loves me, and I know that through Jesus Christ I have a relationship with him, and I'm, I'm made righteous in his sight, and I'm accepted by him. That, to know that he's totally and completely aware all the time of everything comforts me. Come on, say, he's aware. He's omniscient. Also, number three, he is omnipresent. Come on, say, omnipresent. Omnipresente. Omnipresent means that he is infinitely and completely present. He is everywhere all the time. Not is, is he completely able, and not only is he completely knowing and wise and aware, he's completely everywhere all the time. God is omnipresent, infinitely present. Uh, if, if there was a phrase for, for omnipresent, it's God is everywhere. In fact, there's nowhere he's not. There is nowhere that he is not. He's omnipresent. Jeremiah 23 says, am I a God who's only close at hand, says the Lord? No, I'm far away at the same time. Both close and far at the same time, all the time. Can anyone hide from me in a secret place? Am I not everywhere in all the heavens and earth, says the Lord. It's not that he can be everywhere all the time. He is everywhere all the time. He is completely present. You know, there's a word uh, uh, that, that only really God it, des it describes him best, and that is that he transcends, okay? Does God exist within time and space? Is God within time and space? Yes, but where else is he? Outside of time and space. 
He's both within and outside of time and space all at the same time. He transcends time and he transcends space. That's why his name is the one who is and was and is to come. He's omnipresent because he's number four, eternal. God is eternal. This means he infinitely is. <laughs> he infinitely is. The one who is is actually his name. Come on, say the one who is. Did you know that God's name is actually both subject and verb at the same time? When God revealed his name, right? Remember who asked him, what, what, what's your name though? Remember? Remember the burning bush? Who was that? All right, I just had to make sure we were awake. Who was, who was at the burning bush? And God tells him, the Lord tells him, go and tell my people and go to Pharaoh and do all this. And he says, but who do I tell him you are? Does God just say, God. No, what does he say? He he's telling me your name. And what does he say? I am. A subject and a verb. I am the one who is. Anybody know that name? We learned it not long ago. What is I am? Yahweh, right? Yahweh. Get this. Try to see this, even though it's impossible. Ready? He is from everlasting to everlasting. And those two never meet. Yet they meet always at the same time. Okay? From eternity past to eternity future, his name is I am. The one who is and was and is still to come forever and ever. Try as hard as you'd like to get your mind wrapped around that, and you won't. But we have a wonderful thing, and that is that although our finite minds cannot grasp infinite eternity, the Bible says God has placed eternity within the heart of the human. Within our hearts, because we're made in his image, right? Anybody got God's image in you out there? Even if you didn't know it, you were made in his image. And part of being made in his image is although our finite minds can't grasp it just yet here in this human body, right? In this finite world, in our spirit, in our heart, on the inside, God has impressed and imprinted eternity on the inside of us. He is from eternity past. To eternity future. Okay? Let's say it like this. Jesus said, I am the Alpha and the Omega, which means the beginning, the end, or the first and the last, but with this implication in that word. No beginning and no end. 
He's the beginning and the end of the no beginning and the no end. He's the first and the last of the no first and no last. He's simply the one is the one who is. Come on, say God is. If there was one phrase that could describe him as eternal, it would be God is always there. God is always there. Psalm 90, Lord, through all the generations, you've been our home. He's been our what? So we're in him? We're actually inside of him? Before the mountains were born, before you gave birth to the world, to the earth and the world, from beginning to end, you are. God. He's eternal. I know, you know, we, <laughs> we have our, uh, our Bible reading and prayer time with our kids every night before bed. And the kids are just like, Oliver even says, it makes me feel weird. To think. One night he like started crying. Because trying to describe that. God is infinite. He's eternal. And he was trying so hard to imagine it. That it just. It messes with you right? To know that. You know. I want you to think about it this way. We haven't, we, we weren't eternal, but now we are. In Christ, if you're born again, you're going to live and have eternal life. No end. But he's the one who had no beginning and no end. We came from him. From the eternal one. In his image. Now we are made to be eternal with him. He's not only omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, and eternal. But he is, number five, immutable. Immutable. Come on, say immutable. Immutable. And I love this. This might just be my favorite of God's attributes. Immutable means that he infinitely remains the same. He infinitely remains. He's always, always has been, is, and always will be the same. James said he cast no shifting shadow. You know what shadows do with the sun, right? They shift. They move back and forth. But God, the infinite one, no matter what moves around him, there's no shift. He just is. You know, Yahweh doesn't only mean I am who I am or I am that I am. Sorry, I am that I am, which is eternity, right, eternal. But I am who I am is I just am the way I am. 
And that never, ever, ever changes. Hebrews 13.8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never, ever, ever changes even when everything around us is changing. That's another one that really comforts me. Not only is he completely aware, but it doesn't matter what happens, he remains. He's just the same. When everything shakes, he's unshakable. When there's nothing I can depend on, because it's moving, it's shifting, right? I don't know about you, but things shift in my life. Does anybody, anything shift in your life every once in a while? The world, life itself is like, you know, shifty sand, right? But he's the rock, the eternal rock, never changing, always the same. And not only is he unchangeable, but because of that, he's number six, sovereign, which means he's above all things. Listen, sovereign literally just means he's uninhibited. It doesn't matter what's going on, he's above it. He's over it. One of his names is God Most High, right? He's, it doesn't matter how high that thing is, he's higher. Not just a little bit. In fact, when Jesus returned to the Father and he sat on his throne in eternity, where did he say he put everything? Under his feet. The word said God has made all the heavens his throne and the earth is his footstool. It's the place where he rests his feet, his place of authority, right? He's sovereign. Come on, say sovereign. Sov, reign, soberano. It means he is above all. Over all, he is invincible, he is uninhibited, and he infinitely reigns. Look, if there was a phrase for sovereign, it's God is the highest. And we got to remember that. There's a lot of things trying to challenge that. And he's just like, on down there under my feet. <laughs> God isn't God can't be challenged. That's why our world is so stinking insane right now. As if we could challenge him and what he's established. It's not like Ain't nobody up in God's face. 
we got to remember this, church. There's nothing that really, truly can challenge him. He allows and permits lots of things. And then through it shows that he's above it all. Next time something in you rises up to try to challenge him, or next time somebody or something around you rises up to try to challenge him, just remember, if you look up, there's his feet. (laughs) And the entire cosmos is his throne. He reigns. I love that we sang that this morning. Our God, the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, eternal, immutable, sovereign one, reigns most high. And he shall reign forever and ever. Question, are you going to reign with him? If you've given your life to Jesus Christ, if you've been born again, if you're a follower of Jesus, you're going to reign with him forever and ever. In fact, spiritually speaking, the Bible says we're seated with Christ in the heavens, and where's everything? Yeah. We've got to remember that our God reigns. He's the most high. And finally, he is number seven, righteous. He's righteous. You know, let me go back and read this one scripture real quick. First Chronicles 29, 10. David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly. Oh, Lord, the God of our ancestor Israel, may you be praised forever and ever. Yours, O oh Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. Everything in the heavens and on earth is yours. Oh, Lord, and this is your kingdom. We adore you as the one who is over all things. Wealth and honor come from you alone, for you rule over Everything, power and might are in your hand, and at your discretion, people are made great and given strength. Those who are great because they think they're great don't realize that it's at his discretion. And we are unable to understand all of that because we aren't perfectly number seven yet righteous, but he is. People think they know what's right, but right, he is the only one who is righteous, completely right, completely pure, absolutely just, but that's not fair, says who? (laughs) Says you. You don't know. Righteousness, he he can be totally righteous because he does know everything and we don't. But that's not fair. Okay? We don't know. But he does. Righteous. He is absolutely and infinitely perfectly right, true, just. He is the standard. He is the standard and anything else is unrighteous. My, my favorite word for righteous is, un, uh, is uncorrupted or incorruptible. Everything else is mixed with something. He's not mixed. He's incorruptible. He's just, he is absolutely, completely pure. Now, 
at the same time, this is what's amazing to me. He is kind, merciful, patient, and benevolent. In other words, righteous means he's infinitely good. God is infinitely good. If there were a phrase, it would be God is always good. Deuteronomy 32, I will proclaim the name of the Lord. How glorious is our God. He is the rock. His deeds are perfect. Everything he does is just and fair. He is a faithful God who does no wrong. How just and upright is he. Upright. Just. Not even a hint of corruption in him. Can't say that about me. Can you say that about you? But in Christ, get this. The Bible says this. He who knew no sin became sin. And now those of us that are in him, now we are the righteousness of God in Christ. He took all of our corruption upon himself and defeated it and rose again above it, died in our place, paid the penalty of our unrighteousness. And now anyone and everyone who calls on the name of Jesus and trusts in him and what he did on the cross, now we're made righteous? Now, I've been following Jesus for a very long time, and I look at my life, and I'm still not perfectly righteous. Anybody out there perfectly righteous yet? But guess what? When God the Father looks at me inside of Jesus, guess what he sees? Righteous. Not because I am, but because he is. Are you righteous? Have you been made righteous? He is perfectly good. Just before I end, I, I just want to remind what we're, we're doing through this. When we pray the attributes of God, we declare his holiness and we ask according to his greatness. Remember when you pray, this is the one we're asking. <laughs> He's infinitely able, infinitely knowing, wise, and aware, infinitely present, from everlasting to everlasting. He never changes. He's always the same. He's high above all, reigning, and he is absolutely, completely good. That makes me want to pray. <laughs> to know the one who is holy. To call on the one who is holy, who is so great, we can't even describe him. We just tried a little bit. We declare his holiness. We ask according to his greatness. This week of prayer and fasting, 
I want us to use this prayer track all week. Maybe you take today and, and focus on omnipotent, tomorrow on omniscient, and we, uh, uh, whatever the next day is. <laughs> Tuesday on omnipresent. I am not omnipresent, right? The next day on eternal, the next day on an immut immutable, the next day on sovereign. 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 That's sovereign and righteous. He's sovereign. All right. And then the seventh day on righteous, right? In fact, we're going to do that our seven nights of prayer. Every single night, we're going to focus on one of his attributes. And we're going to pray according to his greatness. We're going to take some time. We're going to worship. We're going to praise his holiness. And then we're going to focus on his greatness as we ask, as we seek him in prayer. Does that sound like a plan? So I want to encourage everybody to come back tonight, 7 o'clock, and then every single night this week from 7 to 8. Uh, uh, we're going to be here every night praying. And I want to encourage you that throughout the day as you're fasting, whatever days or ways you're going to be fasting, be focusing on how holy and how great our God is. Let's pray from that perspective. And just before we go, I want to ask for the next couple of minutes if we could avoid uh, getting up and down or going in and out. Just for respect of God's presence in one another. If, if you don't know this God, today you can. If you haven't been made righteous in his sight, if you are still living your life in your sin, you haven't been you haven't received the forgiveness of your sins. If you're not in relationship with God, you can be because the righteous one entered into our unrighteous, corrupted world, became one of us, became like us. And after living a perfect life, no sin, went to the cross, died. He took all of our unrighteousness upon himself. He died that we could be forgiven. And then the best news of all is that on the third day, he resurrected, he rose back up permanently and forever and ever completely. He won the victory over sin and death. You can be made righteous and you can have a relationship with this God through Him, through Jesus. Just for a ne the next minute or so, I'd like to ask everyone to bow your head and close your eyes because today, if you need salvation, if you need to get right with the righteous God, you can right there, right now, in your seat, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord Jesus will be saved. We can't, be, we can't make ourselves right in God's sight, but if we trust in the righteous one who paid the price for us, if we put our trust, our total trust in Jesus Christ and what he did, for us on the cross 
if we believe that not only he died for us, but that he rose for us, we call on his name, we are saved. We are made right. We are born again into eternal life. And maybe you need to take that step today. And I just want to see very quickly if anyone is here today, you've never made that decision or maybe before you say, I've called on Jesus, but I'm not really walking with Jesus. But today I want to make the decision to get right with him. I want you to pray something like this. You don't need to necessarily repeat my words. It needs to come from your heart. But right there in your seat, would you just call on Jesus? Lord Jesus Christ, I come to you today unrighteous. And I believe you are the righteous one. And I thank you that you came and you took on my unrighteousness. You took my sin upon yourself. When you went to the cross, Jesus, you died for me. You died in place of me. You paid the price so that I can be forgiven. Jesus, I trust in you and what you did on the cross. And I believe that you not only died for me, but you rose again. You defeated sin. You defeated death. You defeated the devil. You defeated darkness forevermore. And Jesus, I believe you are the Savior of the world. Jesus, you are the King of kings. Jesus, today, I make you my King. Come on, if there's anything you need to tell him today, that's Jesus, be my King. Jesus, I make you the Lord of my life. I trust in you. I surrender to you. Jesus, save me. Jesus, set me free. give my life to you today, Jesus. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for freedom. Come on, one more thing. If you're really making this decision today, ask him for the promise of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, you said you wouldn't leave me alone. You wouldn't abandon me as an orphan, but that you would come to me. Thank you that you've sent your Holy Spirit to lead me, to guide me, to teach me, to help me follow you. I receive your Holy Spirit right now. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through his word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.